This week's episode of the Lone Star Outdoors Show proudly brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. Back when uh, I first got into serious waterfowling in college, Kent Cartridge made the most affordable premium load on the market. They are still doing the exact same thing with Fast Steel 2.0. It's the evolution of the OG of premium waterfowl loads and Fast Steel. Uh, but if you want a hard-hitting waterfowl load that doesn't leave you chasing cripples but doesn't hurt the pocketbook at the same time, check out Kent's Fast Steel 2.0, available in all of your favorite shot sizes. It's widely available at Cabela's, Bass Pro, Shields, you name it. And uh, you can find their entire dealer list at kentcartridge.com. Good morning, good morning. Waylon Jennings kicking things off for us on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. I'm Cable Smith. It is great to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. This is the best time of the year. You know what? I think I, I think I probably say that on September 1st, then again around October 1st, then probably again around November 1st, <laughs> right? Uh, and then again, when spring turkey opens up. So, but I, I genuinely mean it every time I say it. Uh, archery season is in full swing for most whitetail hunters at this point. Gun season will be here November 5th for the rest of you guys who don't uh, mess around with the stick and string. But, oh, it's a good time of the year. Uh, duck season will open up a week later. So, my favorite, uh, all-time favorite pastime waterfowling however man we had some really rough news this week um sweet girl bell my 11 year old chocolate lab she got a mass in her right nostril she started bleeding like beginning of september after we went dove hunting like three times in four days just a little drop here a little drop there you'd find it on the hardwood floor or on the carpet like oh the dog's bleeding but you know took her to the vet after a couple weeks they're like yeah Maybe just monitor it. She might have stabbed herself on a corn stalk or something. You never know. Okay, monitor it. Status doesn't change. We go out to eat. The family went out to eat uh, last Friday. Get home. The dog jumps up out of her bed to come see us and just starts hemorrhaging blood out of her right nostril. It was like a, a crime scene, and it was scary. The kids are like, what in the world's going on? I'm like, I don't know. Take the dog to the emergency room clinic or the ER clinic in Collin County and they're like um you know we can't actually do a scope at the ER you're gonna have to make an appointment but we'll get the the bleeding stopped which they did take her back Monday they do a scope and find a mass in her nose and that's been sent off for biopsy so it doesn't look like it's a foreign object it looks like it's probably some kind of cancer and it's just uh it's a sad deal I mean I've certainly cried a couple times already and I'm sure I will uh many more once that biopsy comes back. But fingers crossed that it somehow was a foreign object that got stuck in there and caused some inflammation. I don't know. You you hope for the best, even though your gut tells you. Uh, the dog's 11, and any time a lab lives past 10 years old, my old trainer always said that was house money. And 
Yeah, one day you're hunting and she's picking up a limit of dove full of life and the next you're talking about that dirty old c word so we have a a uh, rough road ahead of us it looks like but at the end of the day um, we'll just take her hunting as long as she wants to go and love on her endlessly what else can you do she's been an amazing girl uh proper lady both in the field and at the home so uh, our, our nine-month-old pup jojo who's currently at trigger time kennels where she will be for the better part of a year. She's got some big shoes to fill. There's no doubt. Every dog's different, but uh, yeah. High expectations for JoJo. Although, man, Bell will be, uh, it's going to be tough to live up to those expectations. Um, and, you know, there's a saying out there, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I, I don't have it written down. Or Basically, at the end of every great hunting dog's life, there's only heartache for the owner. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Man, uh, that's their greatest fault is they don't live as long as we do. Okay, uh, what are we going to do today? Well, I'm going to tell you all about it. So pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of Black Rifle coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley thermos because we're ready to rock and roll. Two great guests lined up for you today, first of whom has been doing this uh, a lot longer than I have, a uh, an icon, I guess if you've been around for 40 years in this industry you've done okay for yourself and keith warren of the high road hunting will be here um we've got some interesting stuff to get into but from the perspective of someone who goes on literally scores of guided hunts every year while filming the long-running high road uh, hunting tv show keith has some really great experiences and then unfortunately what comes with the territory is some terrible outfitting experiences. And that's what I really want to focus on today is what are the worst situations, the worst things that have ever happened to Keith over 40-something years of of going on guided hunts? There are some doozies. Uh, Death, abandonment, (laughs) just to name a few. Uh, And then um, also Keith will talk about gratuity when it comes to an outfitted hunt because I I don't think a lot of people really understand that or, or realize, you know, what is kosher? What's customary? Maybe you don't tip at all. Uh, I would encourage you to rethink that philosophy and uh, Keith will, will certainly shed some light on that aspect of uh, outfitted hunts as well. Uh, then we will shift gears and check in with Brad Luttrell, founder of Go Wild Lots of interesting stuff to get in with Brad concerning the state of affairs on social media pertaining to hunting and the Second Amendment. Uh, Censorship that we're seeing is just absolutely unreal, guys. And it's only going to get worse. And especially after the whistleblower. Hey, there's a lot more to that situation, the Facebook whistleblower, than people understand. It's bad news for conservatives. When Facebook says, we want to censor ourselves more, what does that mean? Mm-hmm, exactly what you think it does. Uh, mm. So, why did Facebook crash the other day? Instagram with it and WhatsApp. Brad will give us his take on that. We'll talk some hunting. We'll talk some Kentucky bourbon. And we'll get into some data that Go Wild has compiled that will shed light on what you and I, the hunter, are looking at and buying here 
in the fall of 2021 when it comes to hunting gear. Uh, so fascinating stuff coming up with Brad. That's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. Guarantee you that. Let's do a quick giveaway here. How about a Mossberg Firearms cap and T-shirt? It's a little something-something from uh, our good friends and rifle and shotgun sponsor over at Mossberg. Um, just how about email the word, what's two words, Second Amendment to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you are entered into this week's giveaway. Coming up next, the High Road Hunting's Keith Warren joins us on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser-cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit tacticalskeleton.com today. When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com, and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking GoWild rewards as you share content, because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Alejandro Escovedo, Five Hearts Beating. Uh, great tune there. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're all set to check in with outdoor icon Keith Warren. He's been in the industry 40-some-odd years, and to say he's been there, done that, uh, is an understatement. He's got some tales to tell, for sure. Uh, we'll get right down to it with Keith. But first, this segment brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Hey, COVID, that's in our rearview mirror. The 2022 convention will be going down January 19th through the 22nd at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas. I'll be there. Hopefully, y'all will make plans to attend as well. It's going to be a hell of a show celebrating hunting and conservation. For more information, just head over to safariclub.org. All right, well, let's bring him on right now. Our good friend, Mr. Keith Warren, I believe, uh, checking in from somewhere in New Mexico. Well, I'm happy to be here. My pleasure. So first thing, I see you wearing this NUMA camo. I just switched over to NUMA about three months ago. Yeah. And absolutely... Love it. Put it through the ringer in New Mexico. That's that's where you're joining us from today. You just wrapped up an elk hunt. Uh, yep. How long have you been working with NUMA? Oh, I guess close to a year, but I'll tell you this. 
uh, I was never the kind of guy that got really sold on a, on a brand of camo mm -hmm. until Numa came along. And it's like, what happened was all of a sudden I started looking at the little things, you know, most people look at the pattern. Oh, that's a cool pattern. Mm -hmm. eh, okay. A lot of cool patterns, but you know what? It's the little things. If you were wearing it, you know what I'm talking about? It's all the little things that went into the thought process. It's like, whoa. It, I mean, they, they are hunters. I mean, they developed this camouflage for serious hunters. And I mean, if, if a guy out there is like I was just think all camouflage the same, I think they need to check it out because it's not, I mean, from the yeah. buttons and the zippers and the pockets and the, they, they got, they figured it out. What I hate is you put on a pair of pants and you're like trying to find the, and look, I mean, look how big cell phones are today. Yeah. And then you can't find a pocket to put your stupid cell phones. This is basically the yep. size of a little computer. Uh, that's I was wearing those tenacity pants. Cause when I was in New Mexico two weeks ago, it was hot as hell. It was like 85, 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. I was just South of where you are in Chama with uh, yep. those tenacity pants. Thank God I had those. Cause anything heavier than that, I would have, it would have been miserable walking around. Oh, I know. I know. But the I, I will tell you this though, the, the, uh, the, 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 the pants that our guide was using were covered up in cockle burrs and, uh, mine weren't. So anyway, the, yeah. they think of everything. Luma's <laughs> thought of it all. So very yeah. happy with it. Um, so how was your, how was your hunt? It was really good. I wound up, uh, this is the, I want to say sixth year I've been up here and, uh, I keep coming because the, the country's beautiful and I love elk and, and I love them to talk and call them in and play the game. Unfortunately, this year they didn't play the game very well. So sat at a water hole and I shot a nice six point there. And what the cool thing about it, the bull came in, I was rifle hunting. And, uh, and so the bull comes in, when I shoot him, he flipped over backwards and you broke an antler in half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that broken. Antler so you in found half. the, you found the antler though. Oh yeah. Right next to him, but it just shattered. <laughs> so anyway, we got some good video and I think that's that that's the name of the game for us. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I'm sure the tax numbers can fix that right up anyway, or maybe you don't want them to uh, some people. No, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it up. I, I'm going to fix it up, but it, it's okay. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, I got to thinking about, and I think it was a conversation uh, you were, you were speaking, I think it was at the DSC convention. And I was thinking about the worst guided hunts that I've been on. And then one, this one that you you mentioned there came to mind. And, and generally speaking, you know, you go on a guided hunt. It's a good experience most of the time, you know, but there are, I mean, you've been on hundreds. I I've probably been on a hundred or so. Um, and I'd say 80% of them are, are good, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I chalk it up as I don't have to have the nicest accommodations, but I do, I do think that if you don't have a shot opportunity, that, that absolutely makes it not that great of an experience. Right. Um, you're there to, to kill an animal mm -hmm. at the end of the day. That's what we're doing. So you got to have a shot opportunity. If you get that shot opportunity, then I think after that, you're playing with house money, whether you screw it up or you, you know, you make the most of it. Um, but then there are other things that come into play, like, I don't know, um, guides not showing up. And these, like I said, these are not the norm, but it does happen. But this one that you, you mentioned, and I don't know, you guys, I think maybe you and your son went on a bear hunt, um, but the guy just woke up dead. Yeah. We wound up, um, first off, I, I mean, I've been on so many hunts that have been great, but there's some that are just nightmarish. And, uh, this one hunt, I took my son and, uh, we were black bear hunting up in Canada 
And they're nothing but a bunch of native Indians up there that were the guides. And mm -hmm. this one guy was drunk all the time. I mean, we showed up drunk and he stayed drunk. And, and finally the third day, uh, I asked, I said, where's Greg to the, the outfitter. He says, Oh, uh, he's not here today. And I said, okay, fine. The next day he said, well, where's Greg? He's not here today. And the next day I said, Hey, what's up with Greg? He said, well, he died. <laughs> well, what do you mean he died? Well, he drank himself to death. And it's like, oh. wow. I mean, anyway, that was a, a really a bad deal. But speaking of New Mexico, I'm elk hunting. You were up uh, two weeks ago up here. I had a horrible trip. I wound up, I had heard that there was this one unit and I can't even remember the unit. It was like the most coveted unit there was ever to draw. And if I could get a tag, I was going to shoot a, you know, a 380 plus. It was mm -hmm. just an unbelievable area. So I applied. And at the time, uh, the, the, I, I, the old vice president for Gander mountain, he applied and, and the whole deal was, I, I said, Chris, if, if you draw a tag, I'll go with you. If I draw a tag, you go with me in case deal. So anyway, we put in knowing we're not going to draw. Well, Chris called me up. He goes, man, I got my tag. I said, no way. Oh. That, that's fantastic. And all of a sudden I checked and I got, I said, I got my tag. So we both <laughs> got a tag. Well, we were lied to. We were made to think this unit was supposed to be some kind of really good unit. So we wound up, we go on the trip and I took two camera guys. Okay. One to film me, one to film Chris. We showed up at the camp and it was a dump. I mean, it was really bad, but that's okay. As long as right. elk hunting is good. I didn't know the elk hunting wasn't any good. So there were no windows in the trailer where we spent the night. There was no water. There was no electricity. It was just an old busted up house trailer out in the middle of nowhere, but that's okay. I mean, we're going to go to this wonderful unit. Sounds like and, a deer and, camp I had in Oklahoma one year. Oh, uh, uh, well, this mice the, everywhere. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the outfitter comes up. He goes, "Look," he said, "I've got to run to town, which is forever away." And and he says, "The cook will be here in a little while." And so the house that the cook was staying in, we went in there and we waited. And the, this lady shows up, and this lady showed up, looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, big muscles up to her ears, and like this, wearing a tank top. And she comes in and. She's carrying groceries and had these nasty dogs with her and she puts them up. And I mean, I got the vice president of Gander Mountain sitting with me and two camera guys. And we we're like, yeah, and she was the cook. Okay. And she had big tattoos on her arm and she was flexing for us like this. And anyway, it was just terrible. And she said, she said, if you leave me a good enough tip, I'm going to put the color in this one, just like this one. See that. And anyway, just awful. And it was like, oh my God, what have we gotten into <laughs> that evening? She turned around, she walked into the room and she takes her shirt off, off the back. And she had a black scorpion on her back. Okay. Like this big, she was the most normal one in camp okay? <laughs> and it just got worse from there. And I'm the next morning I'm up on this hillside thinking I'm in the most wonderful place to get a tag and all. And the outfitter said nothing. And we're sitting there. I didn't smell any elk. I didn't hear any elk. I didn't see any sign of any elk. We're sitting there and I'm thinking, when's this guy going to talk? We're going to have some dialogue. It's about a relationship in outfitter, you know, and all of a sudden he says, see that clearing down there. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And he says, I had another hunter shoot a hunter right down there. Like, what? He said, wow. yeah, he shot him right here. And I said, how? Right between he the eyes. He, he says, somebody shot a bull and he went down there to pick it up and his buddy just thought he saw the horns move like that. So he shot him right there. I said, Oh my God, what did you do? He said, call the cops. Oh, I mean, the it's guy like, was dead. Yeah. The guy was dead. Shot him right there. Okay. Right doing nice. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's like God. some of these trips we go on are awful. I was in Zimbabwe and flew over there and, and my very first trip to Zimbabwe, August of 99. 
And I didn't realize that those guys over there, they don't like the camera pointed at them. So I hadn't been in the country an hour, got out of the airport. And let me tell you something. When you, when at that gun safe behind you is the same color as those blacks over there. And there wasn't very many whites. And we stood out like a turd to punch bowl and we're driving down the road in front of the president's palace. And I take a little video camera, stick it underneath my arm like this. And they had a little guy standing there with a, with a little old gun, you know, automatic gun uh-huh. about every 50 feet. And they looked at me. And they saw me with the camera and he comes running over there. They open up the door at gunpoint like this, took me out and beat the crap out of me. And after they beat the crap out, I mean, the pH is yelling at gunpoint stuff. And I mean, it was bad, bad. <laughs> and I got back in the truck and I'm bleeding out of my mouth. And I mean, it was bad. And uh, pH goes, don't do that again. <laughs> okay. I won't do that again. I guarantee Thanks you. for the heads up. <laughs> yeah. Before so anyway, I've gone yeah. on some real nightmare trips, but I've gone a lot of real good ones too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so that obviously getting your, your butt kicked in Zimbabwe by palace guards, uh, that might be worse than the, the guy dying in camp that just woke up uh, dead and didn't come to guide you. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, there's certainly been ones where actually we gave away this hunt one time to, uh, we did a photo contest every month and we had the, the grand prize winner, our, our listeners and followers voted. And we went to this ranch in Southwest Texas and, we get there and there's no one to take us out. Like there's a ranch foreman. He's like, I'm not a guide. He's like, I just like feed the cows and stuff. And I was like, well, the owner ranch owner was like, said someone's going to be here to take us out and cook and stuff. And he's like, yeah, there's no one here to do that. So let me call this other guy that lives in town and see if he'll come out here and, and deal with you guys. So this guy comes out and I think he was probably drunk the whole time too. Uh, there isn't a feeder on this property, which is like two, it's, two or 3,000 acres free range that none of them have been filled up with corn. And I have this guy and his wife that won the contest there hunting with me. I'm like, I don't even know what to tell these people. I'm on the phone with the owner being like, Wayne, what in the hell, dude? There isn't, there's nothing here. There's not a person to take us out. And even if there was, there's no feeders that have corn in them. Well, it turned into a spot and stock hunt, just driving around, hunting out of the truck. And somehow we each got a buck, but they weren't not like what this place was advertised at. I think that one's probably the, the worst one that I've been on. Uh, I had a happy ending because we, we tagged out, but geez, it was uh, high expectations and no delivery on that thing. See, the, the thing I tell people is that it's ask for references and call them, okay? Mm-hmm. And ask for references that were not successful, not just those that were successful, right? but I always ask for references that were not successful. And the reason why is because if they weren't successful, and they still are a good reference, you're going with a good guy. Okay. I mean, like we just got back from Alaska. I've been with, I've been five times with this guy in Alaska. And this guy is the most badass guy. You could, you couldn't ask for a better guy, but this trip was horrible in the last five or six years. He's made some poor life decisions and it reflected in, in every single thing that we did. And uh, I mean, everything I and mean, we, uh, we went up there, there was no food in camp. There was no, and this we're talking about, we rode two days horseback to get into camp. There was no food. There was no water. There was no propane. There was no nothing. And the reason why is because the other hunters had flown in there and stolen everything out of his camp. Okay. But he could have corrected that by knowing by going up there ahead of time and making sure that everything was still there before we went up. And then, and then everything that I look at it this way, a good outfitter is somebody that controls everything he can control. Mm-hmm. Okay. From the lodging to the transportation, to the hunting blinds, to the feeders going off, right. 
everything you can, can control. I mean, there are things we can't control. The weather, you know, is the biggest thing and the animals we can't control. But the things that we can control, if we don't control them or the outfitters don't control them, then shame on them and shame on us to continue to go back with them. Mm-hmm. So, so would you go back with that guy? Nope. Oh, he asked me, he said, Hey, you know, anytime you want to come back, come on back. And this was about eight hours after the bush pilot was supposed to be there. That wasn't ever called to come pick us up. Wow. Yeah. So when I found out all this, it's like, you know what? It it told me that he didn't respect us enough. And plus the one thing that really got me, he never said the two words that I think that would have really changed things. I'm sorry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we all make mistakes, you know, but if he would have just said, I'm sorry, I could have done better, you know, and addressed it instead, he just blew it off. It's like, no, oh, that wasn't good for us. We, uh, we kicked a guy off of our deer lease two years ago because he did, he did not say those words. We had a year and a half year old, maybe two and a half. It was a very young buck, but he had a drop time. We've never seen a drop time buck on our place in, um, Clay County up around Wichita falls. Well, we said, okay, everyone see these pictures. We have lots of pictures of this buck. No one shoot him. We all agree. Yes. Okay. Group text. Everyone agrees. A guy drives down from Houston. He's got his teenage daughter with him. First afternoon, opening day, she smokes that deer. And, they, and he'd already been texting that they watched that deer all morning. I mean, he knew what that deer looked like. And he just was like, well, it'll be my daughter's first buck. And yeah, of course, we're all happy that his daughter shot the first, her first deer, even though it was a, you know, it could have been a 160 in three or four years with the drop time but she smoked mm-hmm. him. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. But he didn't ever say, first of all, he didn't even send the picture to the group text, which whenever something gets shot, everyone sends pictures, never addressed it. The other guy that was in camp with him was like, well, the deer got shot, but y'all aren't going to be happy about which one it was. He sends the picture. This dude never even addressed it. Never said he was sorry. No, nothing. No, I'm sorry, guys. We, we shot the wrong deer on accident. No, nothing. So the landowner and I were just like, let's screw this guy. At the end of the season, he can get his crap off here and, going about his life it's horrible because you think he stole from the future is the way i look at that Mm -hmm. you know those are those are genetics that you want to see over and over again i know it's really hard it takes somebody's mature and disciplined to say i'm not going to shoot that deer because it could be the biggest year they've ever seen but a deal's a deal and when you get on a deer lease or you get on a a, you go with an outfitter you know you've got rules you've got expectations and a deal's a deal okay and when you and, and people do make mistakes but when you make a mistake, you should, you know, you should make it right. And the first part of making it right is admitting that you made a mistake and saying, I'm sorry. Now, what do we need to do to make it right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've certainly shot the wrong deer before. Um, not intentionally, but the words, I'm sorry, were the first things that came out of my mouth, you know? Yeah, uh, you bet. It was, uh, it, this was when I first started hunting and I had really no idea what I was doing. And my buddy drops me off in a blind in South Texas. And he's like, all right, you're going to see more deer than you've ever seen. I'm used to hunting in North Texas. If we see four deer in a sit, that's a great sit. He's like, you're going to see like 30 deer. Okay. He's like, shoot the one with the orange ear tags. And this is a 4,000 acre lease in Webb County. That's not high fence. And I said, why does this deer have ear ear tags? And uh, he's like, oh, the neighboring ranch is doing some age survey structure. Well, this 10 point walks out. I'm like, orange ear tags. Boom. Smoke this buck. I'm so excited. I was like, I shot the biggest deer of my life. And it was, it ended up being like 142 inch, four and a half year old buck. And my buddy comes over, he comes to pick me up. I sent him the picture first of all. He's like, Oh, that's not the right one. I was like, You said shoot the one with the orange ear tags. This is the one that walked out. This is the one that got shot. He's like, Yeah, that's not, uh, that's not the one I was thinking of. He was, there was another one, like a little six <laughs> or eight point. 
<laughs> that I was supposed to shoot. Well, his dad luckily was, you know, guy that I'd gone fishing with and we were good college buddies, his son and I, and he didn't give me too much crap about it. But I think I, I think I sent him like a, a nice handgun as an apology for shooting this <laughs> $4,000 deer. But, uh, but it turned out Dr. Deer was doing, I guess had a lease on the next property over. And I had, I was interviewing him like a couple years later and I told him this story and he's like, I guarantee you I have a picture of that buck as a yearling because he was in my survey and he sends me a picture. And that thing was the most worthless looking spike that you would ever imagine. Did, okay. Did, did you see that survey James did? Uh, that was a, that okay. That was a deal. I'm telling you, or Dr. Deer. Okay. Yeah. I've known James Kroll for forever. And he did that survey they went to South Texas and they had all these students were taking thousands of game cam picks and tracking these deer from uh -huh. yearlings to two to three to four. And some deer just were horrible. They were genetically horrible and they just got older and they were still horrible, you know, yeah. just, but yeah. it was interesting to see that, to, to see that progress through. And I thought, James knows his stuff clearly, but I was yeah. going to tell you a, a story. Uh, we went to Alaska. I could not wait to go to Alaska on this bear hunt. It's like, Oh, it's going to be cool. I took my son on that too. And we went up there and we, we, we had a good time and all. And then they, I said, look, we want to stay until black dark and we're hunting spring bear and it doesn't get dark up there until like 11 o'clock. And it kind right. of, it, it doesn't really get dark, but I mean, you come pick us up after that. Cause your grizzly bears up there too. Okay. So anyway, we hunted till 11 o'clock and I didn't hear the boat and 12 o'clock and I didn't hear the boat and 1230 didn't hear the boat come to get us. And they didn't come get us. They just flat <laughs> didn't come get us. It's like, and, and so I got out of the tree. It got cold. I mean, I was running up and down the gravel bar thinking if a grizzly bear is going to be over here fishing, he's going to eat, he's going to find a big white guy that he's going to eat, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, no. So anyway, I wound up the next day when they came to get me, boy, they said, they, I said, what happened to y'all? They said, we got hung up at the bar. I said, what? The bar? And they really went to the bar. I thought they got hung up on a gravel bar trying to come get me though. They went to the bar and they just, wow. they just forgot me. So yeah. and you just spent the night out there. Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> cold and pissed. And anyway, I'm not going back with that outfitter either. Oh um, man. Yeah. Well, we're going to work in a quick break here. We'll come back and get into the always controversial topic of high fence hunting. I know Keith has a funny story from a, a high fence hunt from years ago. And then uh, gratuity. What, what should you tip an outfitter on a guided hunt? Uh, all that coming at you next. That segment brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. I'm not kidding you. Uh, like I said, got access to a property. I hadn't hunted this place in like three years. My buddy's like, yeah, come on. I'm no fool. I said, okay. So next thing I'm putting big and J out and literally two hours later, I'm, I've left at this point. My cell camera is like, Hey, look at these bucks here. Chow down on the big and J. It absolutely works. You can find their entire lineup of whitetail attractants at big and J.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. There's something nostalgic about the old-timey general store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwave, Texas at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo, gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer, corn, and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus insulated apparel for both work and 
camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like Anchor Tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldweight, Texas. Hey guys, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small-framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a Hunter Green Enforcer Kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. I've been trying to go to church some, but I keep getting intercepted by the ball game on TV or Zepco 303. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Smooth, Max Stalling. If only the good die young. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thanks to Mossberg as well. Uh, we are still visiting with Keith Warren of the High Road Hunting. And we'll get back into that momentarily. But first, this segment proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds, Henry and I. We're sitting in the uh, little chingon this past weekend, and that's the uh, the big chingon's little brother. Plenty of room for two people. Say, if you don't need the big chingon, like for a family of five, <laughs> um, little chingon's a great option. Perfect for a two-man hunt. Great box blind. You can get it for both rifle or archery application. It's got carpet, cup holders, the whole nine yards. You can find the little chingon at allseasonsfeeders.com. All right. Well, Keith Warren is still here. We appreciate you sticking around. Let's talk high fences, Keith, something that um, we've both done. And I know you have an interesting story from somewhere up north, if I recall, that you're going to share with us right now. I'll tell you this. I got invited to go to a high fence place up in Wisconsin, go bow hunt years ago. And I asked the guy, I said, look, we're making a show. I said, what do you not want me to shoot? What is off limits? He thought you shoot anything you want. I said, no, 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 no. I don't. It's okay. I don't have to kill a big deer. I mean, just, I want to shoot a mature deer. Just tell me what I can't shoot. He says, anything. Okay, fine. And it was 2000 acres. It it looked like Idaho, big hills, beautiful timber. I go up there and I smoked a buck at 12 yards. He came in and boy, I shot the arrow through him and he went over there, died. And, And when I went over there to recover him, he had an ear tag in his ear. And it had a little yellow ear tag with the number one on it. I thought, huh, but hell of a deer, you know, man, I mean, the video was unbelievable. So I called him up on the radio and I said, Hey man, I just killed a deer. I need you to come help get it out. Mm -hmm. And he comes over there. Where is it? I said, right up the hill. And anyway, he went up looked at it and I was getting my gear together with the cameraman. And he came back. He said, you need to leave. 
I said, why? He says, you shot buck number one. I said, yeah, I know. I saw what number one was in his ear. He said, but you shot buck number one. I said, well, you told me I could shoot any deer I wanted. He said, but you shot buck number one. I said, but you told me I could shoot any deer right. I wanted. He says, that was my number one breeder buck. And you just shot him. I said, but you told me I could shoot him. He says, he got out of the pen. It wasn't supposed to be in there. Well, that's <laughs> not your fault. I know that. But he, anyway, uh, we, we kissed and made up. I told him, I'm sorry. You know, so we kissed and made up and he's hanging on the wall in my office. So <laughs> <laughs> did you see the, um, the kid in, I think it was, I was Nebraska or Kansas that shot yes. Yes. that deer. So he, I, I don't know the, what really happened, but in his comments on Facebook, he made it sound like the high fence ranch was 10 miles away. I ended up talking to a guy that lives there. He's like, no, the ranch is like the next property over. Yeah. So it, the kid's story isn't really adding up. But do you fault the kid for shooting the buck that got out? It's yeah, hard okay. to say. He, you know, there's a lot because I support all hunting. High fence, low fence, no fence, yeah. I do it all. Okay. I could care less. I mean, I support all hunters. And, and so, but there's some hunters say, I wouldn't hunt in a high fence, blah, blah, blah. And I think, why is that? Are they just jealous or they, I mean, they just are, they're purists to the point they just won't. That's cool. Whatever the reason why, but the truth of the matter is, I think that if that big buck walked by you and it, that came out of a high fence and a hunter doesn't shoot him because, oh, he's too big or this or that, I think that's when you really find out what somebody's made of, you know, and that yeah. kid, I would, I don't blame him for shooting that deer. I'd have shot that deer. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Now, if the, if the, well, there's just people like, why didn't he just call the landowner? Well, once the, once it's out of the pen, what are you going to do? Go dart it and like, put it back in there. I, I pretty much once it's free range, it's free range. Yeah. Once it's, once it's out, it's like, it's out. <laughs> once buck number one's out, he's out. So that's right. And now he's on my wall. Yeah. Yeah. And that kid will have a nice 250 inch buck on his wall too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't get the high fence thing either. For me personally, I have, I've killed a lot of animals on high fences. The ones that mean the most to me weren't killed on a high fence. I'll throw that out there, but I still, I still like the experience. Hell, I go to Africa, 30,000 acres. If you want to call that a high fence. Yeah. Technically it's a high fence. I call it a game preserve, yeah. but yep. you'll never well, see you know the fence what? except for when you drive in. It, it is. Yep, yeah, exactly. And then think about it is, is a lot of people don't really realize that. And it doesn't matter to some people, to some people it does. And I think hunters are their own biggest enemy when they start this infighting, you know, bow hunting's better than this or hunting over a feeder is bad because literally there are people, I mean, during this conversation, you said something like that. You, you took those winners of that contest out to a ranch and the feeders weren't full and somebody, I mean, that's not fair chase to somebody. Somebody, right. well, you know, you got feeders. That's not fair chase. Well, is having a scope on the high-powered rifle fair chase? Mm. I mean, seriously. I mean, if, if you, you know, I, you've hunted deer in the Midwest, yeah. So, so here's here's my analogy for that. People want to say, "Oh, you Texans use feeders." Well, okay, go to South Texas and try to see a deer without cutting a sendero and putting a feeder out. Try yep. it, try it. But yep. yet, yet here you are, or here I was, muzzleloader season, Pike County, Illinois. I'm sitting in a box blind looking over 10 acres of manipulated um, soybeans manipulated. The, the outfitter buys X number of acres from the farmer. He says, please leave this up for my deer hunters. I could reach out with that smoke pole and touch every corner of the 10 yep. acres, kill any deer in there. Mm -hmm. It's a feeder. It's a food right. source. What's the difference? Just because it's bigger. Right. You, you want to judge us. I'm like, okay, now if you're out spot and stock only out Western guy, Maybe you have some ground to stand on, but these 
if you're a Midwest hunter and you're, and you're hunting over a food plot, you're going to judge someone in Texas over, hunting over a feeder. It's the same damn thing. See, and that's where, where I look at, it, I think, you know what, that's the reason why it's like, if you're a hunter, no matter what you hunt, I look at, I look for that common thread that unites us, right. that brings us all together. You know, the, and, and I think, I don't want to look for things to divide us. God knows we live in a world now that we're, they're trying to divide us up with everything that there is anyway. It's like, wait a minute, we need to unite. You know, we're hunters and we may disagree and say, you know, I think bucks are better than ducks or elk are better than turkeys or whatever. That's cool. But you know what? We just need to stop this bashing each other and because and we ought to treat each other more respectfully with those choices. We have those choices to be able to hunt. And it's like, you know, my dad years ago, he, he was what I called a purist and he went, uh, I mean, he hunted out West and would never hunt in a high fence, never hunt with a feeder and all. Well, he retired and he came back to Texas. And uh, when he came, he, did, he, did, he, uh, hunted for two years at, uh, down South Texas without a feeder. And he called me up. He says, son, do you think he can get me a, a deal on one of those corn spinners? And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> he says, a corn spinner feeder. And I said, wait a minute. You told me you'd never hunt with one. He goes, I don't know how you're going to attract any deer without one down there. Yeah. I said, Hmm. Uh -huh. So it's real easy for people to criticize until they step in somebody else's shoes, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, let's, as we wrap this up, Keith, what about gratuity? I don't, I think a lot of people are confused on, you know, you go on an, a, a guided hunt. What is, um, what is an acceptable gratuity? And that's going to change. Like, okay, if you go on a $200 guided, uh, duck hunt, eh, I'm going to give the guy 50 bucks, you know, that's probably what I'm going to do. Um, that's a good make, question. It's something that I believe, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I believe that you, uh, people that work in a hunting camp aren't just always your guide. Okay. They're, they're cooks and they're people that are cleaning. There's somebody that went and bought everything. There's, there's all these other people that are involved in making your dream hunt come true. Mm -hmm. And it's important that I think you compensate those people. Okay. Yeah. They get paid, but I think it's important that you pay that you compensate those people. And if you want to go back into that outfit, if you don't compensate those people and you go back, how do you think they're going to treat you next time? Right. You stiff them. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you think they're going to treat you? Okay. So it's for that reason that I always want to step up and I, and I don't want to call myself a big tipper, but I do tip and I do encourage people to tip. And I look at, it, I think a 10% tip, I think is, is, is reasonable. I right. think it should yeah. be expected. I think it's something that, that, uh, that if you don't have that in your budget, when you plan one of these dream hunts with these big hunts, I think that maybe you ought to try to figure, put that in your budget because yeah. it, you know, that's the way it is a dream hunt. I, I tell people like when they come to hunt at my ranch, I look at these people, I've never been on a cruise and I don't want to go on a cruise, but I know that people do go on a cruise, have their butts kissed. Okay. I mean, they, they have everything taken care of for them from the time they get there to the time they leave. Well, you know what? As a hunting outfitter, we need to kiss our hunters' butts because they can go lots of places and kill, and kill ducks or bucks or elk or anything else. And so if you want those as an outfitter, you want those people to come back to you, you do everything that you can to make their experience enjoyable and successful. Okay. And it takes time and money and it takes support staff. And so when you have hunters show up that don't tip, it doesn't do good. It's just not, it's just not the right thing to do. It's like going to a restaurant and getting good service and not getting, not tipping somebody. I don't believe in that. Let me ask you this. So, um, when I was in New Mexico two weeks ago, my, my guide, I was asking him about tipping and I already knew what I was going to give him, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's always between 10 and 20%, just depending on how the hunt goes and how hard they work. 
Mm -hmm. Um, but I asked him, I said, so tell me about like one of your worst, one of the worst experiences you've had with a hunter who like just stiffed you. And he goes, well, the first day of, uh, the first archery season, I put a guy on a 340 inch bull. He smoked it done deal. Gave me 200 bucks. And I was like, wow. Okay. So that brings into question. So you tag out on the first day and you have the, you get your animal of a lifetime. Then do you just forget about the other five or six days, uh, how X number of days your hunt was? Um, what do you, what about that situation? Okay. Every deal is different. And uh -huh. I think that you've got to have a good relationship with your outfitter if you want to go back. Okay. And, and so, you know, you pay for a five day hunt. Does that mean you get to stay five days after you kill the animal? I mean, you you stay those four extra days. Okay. I know that when people come to my place to kill the first day, if they want to stay, we take care of them and I take extra care of them because I want to make sure and show them other animals that the way they want to come back. Right. Okay. I want to take care of those people. There's, they could make a decision to go hunt any place. I want them to make a decision to come hunt with me. And I think any outfitter, it's easier to keep a customer happy, regardless of whatever business you're in, than to go out and get a new customer. And so it's for that reason, as an outfitter, I look at, I want to keep my people happy and the outfits that we deal with for the most part, they want to keep their hunters happy. And so it's for that reason, I tell people check references. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say if I, if I got, if I shot the bull of a lifetime on the first day, I'd, I'd give the guy probably maybe more than what I was going to give him. If he put me on a 340, you better believe it. Because like, if you think about this, how lucky you are. I mean, it, it, it's just like, I don't know. A lot of people just take things for granted. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, okay, 200 bucks won't fill up a truck and take your family to dinner. Right. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, yeah. come on. I mean, it's just like, you know, we've had hunters show up at the ranch and for whatever reason, and I don't that was know a $5,000 hunt, let's just say. And the guy gave him 200 bucks and shot the, the bull of a lifetime. So way less than 10%. Probably if, if, if he killed on the first day, I would think a thousand dollars would probably be a pretty good sign that, well, you know what? Yeah. I want to come back next year. And put me on another one the first day and you get your thousand dollars again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I've just been in those situations, even with my buddies, they're asking me, Hey, what should I give this? Whether it's a duck guide, you know, for one morning or certainly when I take a group to Africa that we have that conversation before we leave, Hey, what's a, what's a good tip for these guys. And you know, but get this, I, I do encourage people to think money is a whole lot better. I mean, it's harder to come by than a lot of hunting gear but there's a lot of guys that just leave binoculars. You know, they'll leave a hunting knife. Here you go. It's like, come on, what guy needs another knife? Right. <laughs> the only exception to that is the trackers in Africa love to have long blades. I mean, that's like, Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But I still give them, you know, X number of dollars, um, yeah, as well as appreciation. That's just a bonus here. Yep. Um, so, well, awesome. Hey, Keith, where can folks find, uh, you, the high road, um, TV show, social media, we're, uh, we're on, we're on the pursuit channel and, uh, it's called high road, the high road. And, uh, we are three times a week, 52 weeks a year. Uh, our niche on, on our television show, while other people have niches, our niches, we don't have a niche. We hunt, we hunt all different forms and methods and all different species. Uh, we're also on YouTube, have close to 600,000 subscribers on YouTube, go to YouTube, hit high road hunting. We do stuff on there. Uh, we're across a lot of digital platforms. First, we're on Facebook and uh instagram and those are the best ways to find us awesome well hey congrats on your successful hunt in new mexico and uh, thanks for making time for us today certainly appreciate it well i enjoyed it thank you very much
So there you have it, the high roads. Keith Warren, a great conversation there. That segment of the presentation was brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing they're not making any more of. Whether uh, you want something for hunting, fishing, or running cattle, maybe you want to just get the hell out of the big city. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you. You can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Coming up next, our old pal Brad Luttrell of Go Wild makes his return to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? Are we got a long way to go. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com in the market for a compact track loader then check out the bobcat advantage where bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges whether you're looking for performance advantages uptime protection or quality design bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry but don't take our word for it watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat Machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatofDallas.com today. The wind keeps blowing, time keeps changing. You make your mistakes, you learn from that anger. Don't waste no time looking to find how you feel. And there ain't no mistake in that we're all taking. We're paying. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here today. That is uh, something real tuned there by Chris Cunningham, whom I know absolutely nothing about other than the fact that he likes to hunt and fish, and I think he's from East Texas. Somebody sent me the link to that song, and uh, I dig it. So maybe we'll get Chris in the studio sometime in the near future. Especially if he likes the outdoors, there's always that tie-in. But great tune either way, as uh, we're all set to visit with Go Wild's Brad Luttrell, our old friend. Before we do so, because we've got a lot to get into, but uh, this segment is brought to you by veteran-owned and operated Black Rifle Coffee Company. Here's the cool thing. Yeah, and you've seen Black Rifle. They, they do an amazing job with their marketing, and they've asked me to be a part of that, which was an absolute honor because I'm a big fan of everything that they do, and obviously their coffee. I drink it every morning. And you'll save 20% off not only their coffee, any coffee that you order, but also like 99% of their gear, uh, swag, merchandise. They've got cool caps, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff on the website. But you'll save 20% off all that stuff with my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at blackriflecoffee.com. And with that being said, let's bring him on right now. Longtime friend of the show, someone I always enjoy visiting with, Go Wilds, Brad Luttrell. Thanks for being here. Thanks, man. Love getting getting on here and talking to the Texas audience a little bit. Absolutely. Texas and beyond, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it started out as the little uh, Lone Star Outdoors show. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I wish I wouldn't have pigeonholed myself with that name, but it is, it is the brand. And 
I've kind of evolved and broadened my horizons and am interested in things outside of Texas. So yeah, sometimes I forget that you have this giant podcast side of it too, though. So yeah, uh, but like there a lot of it's through the radio show in Texas. So yeah, yeah, still got uh, twenty plus radio stations carrying the show here locally in Texas. So. Um, but you know, that's the great thing about podcasts is now people in Idaho or Canada or, uh, it's crazy. And I, I bet you get this too. A lot of servicemen and women overseas to get their yeah. hunting fixed through podcast. Yeah. We'll see that on the app side too. We'll get people from Scotland or Germany or, you know, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and you know, uh, people from all over love to hunt, man. That's one thing that brings people together um, in, a, in a lot of surprising environments. You know, you'd be in a business conversation sometime and find out that some random person hunts and it, it's, a, it's a connector. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so first thing I, I've got to bring up since Go Wild is essentially a platform for people that are tired of being censored on social media. Uh, and I, I mean, it's more than that, obviously, but wh- why do I go over there? It's because, well, I can say what I want think how I want. I'm not going to be uh, told how to think, how to feel, what to say, what to, not to say. Um, the internet broke this week with with uh, Instagram and Facebook going down. And I'll tell you, I think I've seen more anti-woke stuff in the last week, like Joe Rogan's coming out and saying, hey, freedom is freedom of speech too, people. And once you give these things away, the government's not giving it back. So, so he's now kind of on the forefront. Then you have our president getting a shot in a fake room, a booster shot. No one knows if he really got a booster shot or not, but that was a huge charade. Uh, I, I feel like they were just taking it on the chin. I would not be surprised if, oh, and then the whistleblower, the Facebook whistleblower, yeah, that's I think the- they shut it down on purpose just because they're like, whoa, this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mark Mark Zuckerberg lost like six billion dollars of, of his Good. net wealth yesterday alone Good. over this whole thing. And I've been reading the Wall Street Journal articles that have been coming out and just hammering them. And you know, I wasn't on Facebook, and I, I last year I did a, a ninety day cleanse off of Instagram, which uh-huh. I wasn't really active there anyways. But I deleted the app, I signed out, and then. I had already done that for this fall. I was just signed out of it, but I went back in yesterday when it finally came back up and I just deactivated my account. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. like I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on go out and that's it. <laughs> but so, but the weird thing is, so why would all three platforms that they own Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all go down at the same time? Dude, I, 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 was like, I tell you what, I'm, you I'm, house a, cleaning. I'm a Neanderthal when it comes to like the tech side of this stuff. I have to, I have great people here that work with me on this stuff. But you I, I like a, tech company <laughs> i know but i can't i can't code though i can't go in and do what my team does and right. but i'll tell you i know enough to know that somebody did not fat thumb and accidentally take down three ginormous platforms i guarantee right. you there's security protocols they're probably diversified on whether uh, their servers are something happened we may never know because mm-hmm. they don't technically have to tell us what happened um which, which is ironic because a lot of at the core of what a lot of this blowback is from is the fact that they don't disclose things such as the fact that 30 some percent of teen girls have like they're are depressed about their bodies because they use Instagram, yeah. uh, which which the head of Instagram called a quite small number. And I don't know about you, but that's not like at all quite small, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But but a lot of the I, I think that we'll find out like, if we do find out. I think it was something intentional. I do not think that you accidentally took down three of the largest apps in the world. Yeah, there's no way. But yeah, back to what you said about the the gir- um, teenage girls. So there was a, I don't know if he's a congressman or a senator, and I need to look up his name. Uh, but he made, okay, his team did. 
and basically said they were a 13 year old girl. Instagram's taking a lot of crap right now because they were promoting pages with that basically glorified eating disorders to this yeah. account. That this it was a, a congressman made. What in the hell? Like it's just filth. Like what? I don't understand it. It's just, yeah, the, there's been a lot of research that of their own team that they do, and they get a negative result. And apparently, they just do the same result search again, hoping to get a different answer. So they've been the, doing this for years, the and they keep finding like sanity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like they keep finding out, like, man, our product really is not good for teenagers. Maybe we should try it again. And then somehow they decided they were going to build a product for teenagers, which all that came out, and then they shut that down in the face of everything that's been going on. But yeah, not a good well, day to own pornography they allow in there have something to do with it. <laughs> could be. I mean, could be. There's been similar studies, though. People may say that this is social media in general. Um, Snapchat does not have a lot of these problems because it's focusing on the face. It's kids doing silly stuff with putting dog ears on or something. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, TikTok so far has proven to, to be much less of a, a debaucherous platform. And a lot of that, I think that is because their algorithm is so strong and they curate out a lot of things they don't like, like guns, like good luck mm -hmm. posting a gun on there, but, but I'm they can use that to, for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> they can use that for other uh, things too, to keep, you know, to keep some of this, uh, this imagery that is detrimental to a teenager's, you know, well-being, their mental health, which I mm -hmm. think is really important for kids. Like, I mean, dude, think about being in high school and been exposed to someone nonstop. They can't get away from these cell phones. You know, yep. you had to call. If you wanted to talk smack to me, you had to call my house, ask my dad to speak to me. He's going to ask who you are. Like, right. it, it took a lot more work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cable, your girlfriend's on the phone again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your mom's uh, listening on the kitchen line. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. But I think that that has a lot to do with this, the the state of affairs for our society too. Yeah, man. Um, There's so much stuff like right now you have all the Facebook and Instagram stuff going on. Uh, the, the fact that they went down is just almost laughable and icing on the top of everything that was before that. But then also YouTube this summer changed their content policies for monetization. And we see a ton of big channels like seek one, like the, the flare uh, fishing guy, you know, a lot of them are getting demonetized. And now you have two decisions. Do I allow YouTube to keep monetizing my ads or my videos, even though I'm not making money? And if uh -huh. you don't, then YouTube has no incentive to give you reach anymore. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And and, and in this scenario, what a crock we, of crap, dude! Like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make money off of your content, but we're not gonna allow you to make money, despite the fact that you built this audience and have made us a lot of money in the past. Yes. That's what, what sucks the is the, the, the Seek One guys said that they didn't get any warning. It's just, boop, you're, you're demonetized. And what, what's interesting about this is it's, it's not just some people may think that this is gory stuff. They were, they were playing by a lot of the rules. And then this got slipped in with no warrant. Uh, they didn't get a warning that they had been violating this. They're uploading right. hunting content. And right. I think the most atrocious part of this is that the processing of an animal is now considered to be obscene. Like, where does that oh, end, dude? Yeah. Uh, you guys are in this Texas. This is how people have gotten food throughout human history. We kill well, stuff and we eat it. And in the process, well, you have to butcher the animal. That's the thing. Where does this stop? If I'm trimming a, a brisket down in Texas for my smoker, does that count? Because how is that different than, than me trimming up a ham off a deer? Is it? You know? It I, exactly. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting to me. They've taken an interesting stand and... 
you know, it's beyond politics right now. It's virtue signaling of like, oh, our platform is better than this. But but at some point now, you could see where this could start to bleed over to barbecuing. It's like, well, no, we don't believe in meat. So uh, if you're talking about gardening and it's organic, then we're going to allow that. But if you're cutting a brisket, that's now you're not allowed to monetize that anymore. Like we're, it's really you go back to uh, freedom of speech. Yes, this is Google. They can do what they want as a company. But you have to ask the question. At which point is an organization that's the number one search engine that's Google and the number two search engine that's YouTube, when does it become public utility? And when does when do you have some rights to post this stuff? Like that's right. the question I always wrestle with. You know, I know they're a private company, they can do what they want, but the internet at some point is a bit of a utility and they're the two biggest players on search. Well, and that's why I've always said Facebook should be um well, it's a monopoly, right? In my mm-hmm. opinion, pretty much. Yeah, I mean they they own literally three of the largest. And the problem apps in the with world. that is the way people consume their news today is through social media instead of yep. watching you know, Fox News or CNN. By and large, you know people still watch it, but the majority of people consume their news. Here's a, a link to an article on my favorite social media platform. I click that, and then I take that at face value as truth when we know that those comp- well, certainly Facebook and Instagram have a narrative, have an agenda that yeah. is so far left wing. And I'm not in not even like Democrat, just like extreme leftism. Um, well, they can. And then and then and then the freaking what, what does everyone call her? Uh, Jen Psaki, but they call her the uh, well, she's the press secretary, the White House press. secretary. Oh, yeah. But she comes out and says, we are now working with Facebook to flag things that we've deemed as misinformation. So now the government <laughs> is working with the biggest news distribution platform in the world. I mean, dude, it's hello, like, 1984. It's like, exactly exactly two plus two <laughs> you haven't read five. that book now's a good time <laughs> yeah uh yeah way or, or well, way ahead of his time dude um, the the rate uh, people may not think uh a lot of people would say this conspiracy to even say some of the stuff you just said here's the thing here's what i'll say at the rate at which tiktok and youtube transcribe the audio meaning that they turn your voice into written words that they can digest and analyze and then it goes into ai the rate at which they can do this is mind boggling. It is faster than humans can possibly do this. And then all it takes is a sentiment analysis of like, these are uh, one, one aisle or another of the political spectrum. And we are going to throttle this, this type of language. This happens to me on LinkedIn all the time. If I mention shotgun or hunting or anything, and I'm trying to post to connect with other businesses that we want to work with, right? That's why I use that platform. If I've learned, I have keywords I can't say on there or the post will just completely get throttled. And and that's how all of this stuff works. And it's scary to think about how easy it is to just say, Nope, you talk about that and we're not going to show it anymore. You know? Well, and that's why it's important. Like, for people with a platform like Joe Rogan to be standing up against that mm-hmm. kind of censorship, um, which I think has a lot to do with why they took it down the other yeah. day. Um, <laughs> but hey, let's talk about let's talk about your recent hunting trip. You went up to Michigan to hunt geese, and I did, man. Didn't, so didn't I do uh, so well. You, no, I didn't. And I give a <laughs> shout out to my buddy Mike for inviting me. They, they've killed it the last few seasons, and he's been trying to get me up there. And I finally made time for it this year, and I got up there. And the first day. Uh, you'll find this interesting. First day, we had geese everywhere. We had like at groups of 20 and 30 circling us multiple times throughout the morning. But the the Sandhill cranes, man, they've gotten out of control in, in Michigan. And three g- cranes would come in and push out 20 geese. Like I, I hadn't been around that dynamic. And it was super wow. interesting to watch how a, like a, just a few cranes, geese were like, nope, don't want nothing to do with that. And, and um, even the cranes would come in and land into our setup. We could keep trying to run them off. You can't hunt them. 
uh, in Michigan. There's there's no season on them, and so the the local perspective is that they're kind of getting out of control and pushing the geese uh, to where they won't land in your setup. And so that that part was interesting. But the geese were flying super high that day, and then day two, <laughs> and we ended up one bird on day one. You know, we can shoot three cranes in Texas every day. Yeah. It, well, like Kentucky Michigan doesn't even have on. a dove season. What's going on with their bird? I, dude, I well, the, the story I've heard on dove season is super political. Like it, it, uh, it is it the I state bird? It better be the state bird. No, it, they had a season and then it got revoked. Uh, there was some kind of interaction or something with a hunter and a politician's wife or something like that's the back. I don't, this could horrendously be not true because uh, huh. I'm, I'm doing hearsay at this point. But there was a season and then and then there was a bill passed where like you can't hunt the dove anymore uh, mm. because it's it's the bird of love cable. Right. Peace. <laughs> my, my mom doesn't like me hunting doves. Like she just, branch. She's <laughs> always like that. I can't believe you would hunt those doves. They're the bird of love. And I'm like, Mom, I love to eat them. Like it really comes down to that. Like number one had hunted bird in north america by the way and for good reason but there's a ton of that we saw so many doves up there it would have been you would have been killing it with the setup and then day two was funny because we only got one bird after seeing i don't know 100 birds that first day uh and the poor guy next to me called for like 12 minutes straight trying to get them in i think he was about to pass out but the (laughs) next day almost no action and we killed two. So we doubled our numbers and we only had two fly in versus the hundred plus the day before. <laughs> so you drove 10 so, hours for, to see three geese get killed yeah, over two days. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun. I'd never did done you it at least before. get to bring the geese back. I did. I got a, they, they the first day I refused they felt bad for you. They were like, I, I wouldn't take the one the first day. Cause I actually, uh, missed my first shot or at least did not take it down. And then someone else shot and missed. And then the third guy got it. And I was like, I'm not taking that bird, man. I, like I, I have my shot. And then the second day, uh, I did hit one of the two, and then those guys gave me the both birds because they're like, "Dude, you drove all the way up here. We, we've got yeah. birds in freezer. Take them with me." And then Mike chipped in a couple extra for me to take. But I, I'd never done uh, uh, geese, so that was fun. I uh, got to go up and have a different experience. The funny part is, as I departed on the Friday, going up there from our parking lot here at Go Wild, uh, one of my team members texted me a picture of seven of them out in the front parking lot, just hanging out. And he's like, "Why are you going to Michigan, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes, though. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, yeah. you drive there, out for deer season and you're going to see turkey. Uh, and then you go out for turkey and there's deer standing on your decoy. <laughs> I hate to do the uh, price per pound of some of the wild game that we bring home. Like, I know, man. 20 hour round trip mm. uh, for three geese. I was on this duck lease last year. Me and a buddy each paid 1500 bucks, and we limited out opening day. And we're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I took my son and we're like, we can take our kids and you know, get into the ducks and this is going to be the best season. I think we shot four ducks the rest of the season <laughs> off of it. <laughs> it. It happens, dude. You know what's like, funny is sometimes those slower. It's like a like hundred and something dollars a bird. Yeah, dude. Those slower days sometimes are the most fun too, though, because you're goofing off with guys. Like I laughed so hard on day two because we weren't seeing anything. One of the guys goes to take a leak in the corn and comes back and we didn't tell him. One of the other dudes, his his son-in-law actually had laid in his layup blind, was hiding in his blind. And Mike's like, birds, birds, birds. He comes running, pops out the blind and the guy pops up and scares the crap out of this dude. We had the whole thing on tactic cam. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I cried. Like we had a great time. Mike was a great host. We did some barbecuing. We may have had some uh, Kentucky brown water while we were up there. It was it was a great time. Uh, that, Mike felt bad. I was like, dude, that's hunting. I mean, you know, sometimes this this happens. I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we went down and got a guide in Florida to go uh, red snapper fishing, and me and my dad ended up getting our limit, which is only two. But my sister, you know, could not get one, and uh, she got one in the boat, but just couldn't get them in. And it's like, uh, 
this is now a fish like you want to talk about expensive per pound paid oh, eight or nine hundred dollars out on uh four four dollars diesel's expensive <laughs> dude yeah yeah so we had like two hours of fishing for uh eight seven or eight hundred bucks and then you get you know four four snappers so <laughs> yeah oh um yeah that's the way it goes sometimes but it, it got yep. so bad last year with our duck season now i've talked about this before it was the worst i've ever seen to where my buddy would call and he'd be like are we going to the duck lease this weekend and i was just like no i'm, I'm defeated <laughs> no we're not going what are we gonna yeah. do? i love watching the sun come up and there's certainly something to the statement of a day spent outdoors is a, is a better day than you know spent at the office or on the couch but by the end of the season when you're just not seeing crap and, and you're getting up at 4 a.m it's just like Especially no, with waterfowl, go deer man. Hunting, buddy, sorry, waterfowl, you don't have a <laughs> Waterfowl takes some work on all the setup and everything. Like you can spend as long setting up, and then sometimes as long as you, if it took you an hour to get set up, and you're sitting there for an hour, and you're like, "This is stupid." You know, it's like you're already done, and you're equally invested, in, and it's going to take you just as long to clean up. So oh, yeah. I get it. It's kind of demoralizing. They sometimes. whooped our ass last year. They are not going to do it this year. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about like the new developments with Go Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys have this great store now uh, offering people. And I don't know if it's still an active offer, but you are offering people 10 bucks to just yeah, to sign up. Okay. Yeah. So 10, $10 towards the store of your, you know, your first purchase, it's free. You just yeah. uh, go to uh, download, go wild. I'm on there. Lots of other like-minded folks. I don't want to say like-minded. That makes us sound like we're trying to exclude ourselves from um, everyone else. We're not. It was just, Hey, if you like hunting or fishing in the second amendment, this is a cool place to hang out. Well, the point of that people say sometimes they're like, well, aren't you building a, you know, uh, this, this, um, culture that's never going to talk to anybody else. And you've got this echo chamber and I'm like, not intentionally. The reason we did this is because on these mainstream platforms, you can't have these conversations. Right. Like you said, you told me before we started here, sometimes when you post about something on Instagram, you just get throttled, right? You get no reach. And for your average guy, if you're trying to get to whitetail hunters in your area, there's not really a good platform to do that prior to prior to us. Right. So the cool thing about the platform is that, you know, I've been on here a couple of times. We talked about it. It is still an awesome social platform. That's still our core focus. The thing that happened is over time, people are asking about whitetail hunting and they're also like, what scope are you using? You know, what, what, what yeah. this or that, what boots, what camo. And so we built this gear feature and last year we said, dude, we, we have so much information about what people are using. Like we know the gear you want to buy. And we're trying to build a profitable business so that we can stay open and provide the service. The thing that makes the most sense is to sell this gear. So we started offering, you know, we started selling Garmin. Uh, we sell Irish Setter, Rocky Boots. Vortex. We onboard about a Vortex, um, Steiner, Burris. And, and we onboard about a brand a week. What's cool about this is, you you know, we're really focused on getting to brands that you know about. You know, we're, we're, again, Rocky, Rocky Boots or Irish Setter or Garmin. We have some big players. Uh-huh. But what we've done, and it's been really fun, is uh, onboarding brands that maybe you haven't heard of, and you should. So you know, uh, we have this sock company that we've brought. They're 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 blowing up on the sports side, built by a biomedical engineer for a- athlete recovery. And we started talking to him like, "Hey, you guys ever thought about doing this in the outdoor side?" And they're like, "Yeah, we've talked about it. We just don't know how to do it." So we've actually partnered with them, and we're bringing Lasso socks to the outdoor industry. They come in Cowdy Brown and black. They promote circulation. They're super warm and it's an awesome, awesome performance product. 
And mm-hmm. so there's some products like that that we've been excited to get to bring out and, and share with people along the way too. And like you said, you know, you sign up, uh, you'll go to downloadgowild.com. You can cr- uh, create an account after you download the app. You're going to get 10 bucks just to try it. You can put that towards whatever you want. If it's that new Vortex or if it's a pair of those socks, you know, yeah, that's like free, 30. by the way. It's totally free. Yeah, this yeah. is free money. Don't yeah. no, don't go take advantage of it because we have terms against that, and I'll find you. Uh, but but you know, create your own account. And what's cool, uh, cable is is if you share your trophy, you know, I share my three geese or two geese or whatever it is, you get points. And now the points actually mean something on our platform. Before it was kind of just bragging rights. Right. But as you as you rack up points, you're unlocking rewards. So, dude, we're shipping about uh, a couple hundred boxes out of this office a day right now to people who are unlocking stickers they're unlocking shirts they're unlocking um purchase purchases you can get 25 dollars gift cards you can get five dollar gift cards 20 percent off people are people are getting smart and they're like oh i can get that vortex binocular that's already on sale for 20 percent off now or you know they're kind of watching our hunting sales and time and stuff up like that and that's what we want to do man we want to be a place where you can you know find those deals and and you know kind of get it helps us give a little bit back to our member. Uh, you know, to, you're going to buy this stuff anyways. You might as well buy it through a platform that donates one percent of our profits into a, a nonprofit. You know, a camp that teaches kids to hunt and fish, raise them outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're working on doing some other things that a percentage of our uh, uh, profits will also go into other conservation efforts. We haven't quite gotten that live, but that'll be live by the end of the year. And you know, we're technically a small team here that you're supporting that's trying to build a place where you can voice you know, for hunting or fishing or whatever it is, you know, to have a place to share that story and to connect with others. So you earn rewards, obviously, by being active on your profile. Do you earn any kickback by, like, say, the more money you spend in the store or anything like that? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. So every dollar uh, through uh, every dollar you spend gets you a point. And if it, we round up on it too. So if you know, you're a buck, buck 70 or a hundred, I, like and I recently got yeah. an Amex card. Yeah. And uh, because yeah, I've, I've made the mistake of flying first class to Africa this summer. Not yeah. because I, I always fly uh, coach. My buddy was like, he's done very well in pharmaceuticals. He was, and he was going to Africa with me. He's like, no, no, no. You're going to fly first class with me. I was like, okay. And now I'm like, how could I ever go back to fly? <laughs> and not because I'm like, like, it's just like, it's 16 hours and then it's yeah. nine more hours. Right. And, I mean, that's like I'm the like, one time I'd probably consider and they're it. serving you caviar and like Chilean sea bass. And, <laughs> and before the plane even takes off, sir, would you like some champagne? And I'm like, yeah. And then you just put your seat down and it turns to a bed. I'm like, how could I? So you anyway, I've got my, like, I'm not going to pay for a first class ticket, but I am going to try to get enough Amex points to, to do it yes. like that way. <laughs> so ours doesn't work like an airline model where you redeem points per se. Ours uh-huh. is, is um, it's kind of like a video game. So as you get points, you unlock rewards and, and we're telling you, you can, you on your profile now, you'll hit home and you can hit rewards and it'll show you how many points you have to earn to, to unlock the next thing. And, oh, cool. and some people, what's cool is if, if I, you haven't heard from me in a while and you had a profile from back in the day, those points are retroactive. So, uh, you know, people can open their app and we gave everybody that had ever been on the platform 90 days to claim their rewards, which is uh, 60 days longer than normal. Normally you unlock a reward. It's going to be there for 30 days. You can use it or lose it. Uh, but if people are hearing this and when this uh, launches, you still got a little bit less than 30 days to go in and see if you have any rewards to, to claim if you have an account from before. Okay, so cool stuff on the storefront. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to take a look at how Go Wild collects data to kind of figure out what the hunting industry is interested in. And I mean, now's the time of the year where hunters are spending more money on gear and guns than at any other point in time. 
archery equipment. So let's find out what we're searching for and what we're actually purchasing after the break. That segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Reactor wireless cell camera. If you want to see the image quality, just go to my Instagram or Facebook. They're littered with pictures of big bucks that I've been fortunate enough to capture. Hopefully I'll stick an arrow or a 300 Win Mag bullet in one coming up here very soon. But uh, the image quality from the reactor, it's amazing. And it's a cell camera. It sends it right to your app. So you can see everything right there on your phone. They retail for like 160 bucks. Data plans as cheap as $5 a month. Check it out. It's the reactor. You can find it at stealthcam.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey guys, Cable here, and if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have, for a long time, set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm going to find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are going to be, you're going to be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are going to be feeding and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, Onyx shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a uh, specific grid or a piece of property. It's really rad. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today. Show presented by Moscow's Firearms. Cable Smith here with you as always. Thanks for dropping by today. We're still visiting with Go Wilds, Brad Luttrell. Going to take a look at some data concerning what hunters are looking at. What are they buying? What are they searching for here in 2021 as hunting season is in full swing? I find it fascinating to know what you know the latest and greatest is. What What are people infatuated by? this fall um we'll do that momentarily with brad this segment however brought to you by the mossberg patriot rifle lineup y'all have heard me talk about it from henry's 22 to 50 up to the 375 ruger 
that I hunted Cape Buffalo with. They've got every caliber under the sun. And here's a cool thing. All of them now come threaded. Whether you want a synthetic stock um, or a wood or laminate stock, they can sort you out there as well. Lots of options. A hardworking, reliable rifle at a price that isn't going to break the bank. Check out the Mossberg Patriot lineup at Mossberg.com. With that being said, Brad, thanks for sticking around. Um, you said earlier that you guys can't track stuff to the degree that Instagram and Facebook can, but you can and do have reliable data that your team has compiled over at Go Wild. So let's get into what our contemporaries are looking at and purchasing here in the fall of 2021. Yeah. And, and when, you know, go wild is, uh, we have people on there that Western hunt that we have exotics on there, you know, people will log a zebra and go out through our trophy system. But at the core, like most of our audience are like most Americans, they're, they're whitetail hunters, they're turkey hunters, they're bass fishermen. Um, right now the gear that we're seeing popping is really interesting. And, and just to explain how we get this, this is not just purchase data. Some of these products that we have are, that are really trending may not be selling as crazy as some of the other stuff, but people are asking about it. So when you post on go wild, you can tag gear as easy as an app mention on Instagram or whatever, you can tag that gear. And now that content lives on that product page. So you can actually, when you look up a Garmin instinct on our platform, you can see how other people are using that platform. You can interact with those people. We're going to be releasing more functionality around that uh, throughout the rest of the year to be able to see like how well this product ranks among other skilled outdoorsmen. But today it's like a really easy way to look at the product. You can see reviews. There's a comment thread. You can actually discuss, hey, I'm thinking about getting this thing for this. Uh, would you advise that or not? And people are really cool that, you know, it's a really active community around products. In fact, look up any of these products I'll talk about here and you'll, you'll find an active, uh, there'll be people that have tagged this product and content. So we look at it in a variety of ways. It's purchases, it's searches, it's, it's tagging the post. Uh, one of the interesting things that's happening right now um, you know, we're still into an archery season and, and we have archery data that's been compounding and the Garmin zero continues to be one of the most talked about products in our platform. And that's the, the compound bow and the crossbow site. Um, so what's interesting is those, uh, those, those products will sync to a Garmin watch. And I think people are starting to understand a little bit more of the value. This isn't just like a rangefinder combo. You can actually sync up a Garmin uh, compound bow to your watch, your Garmin watch, and it will tell you where to start the blood trail. Now for some, some hunts, like a lot of the hunt of my hunt, I did in Texas. That doesn't matter. I know the deer was right there. It was 10 yards. Right. right. But, but if you're out West or if you're in, you know, some hairy terrain and I'm from Appalachia and I've hunted a lot of the public land down there. Uh, there's times that, that, you know, it can be deceiving because of, of the landscape on where that arrow actually landed. And, and the device knows because of the angle, because of the yardage, it knows exactly where that arrow landed, where you should start your blood trail. So it gives you a really tremendous advantage on recovery, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. The, the Garmin watches also have mapping in them. I think that's another reason they do well. The Instinct uh, and the Phoenix 6 are some of the hotter devices. All right. So the... Uh, I got to ask though, this has nothing to do with it, but you, you brought up the word Appalachia and that makes me think of Kentucky bourbon. So Absolutely. Who, does it, who does it better? Kentucky or Tennessee? Tennessee Kentucky. whiskey or... No, nah, this is like not a conversation. <laughs> I don't, I don't, like, don't a give me that sour Kentucky. mash. I'm not uh, interested in that. So actually what's funny is Appalachia 
um, until recently was mostly dry. You could not even buy bourbon. Y'all have been running moonshine for like 100 years. It's in the hills. So there's plenty (laughs) of bootleggers. But um, within an hour and a half of our office is where like 95% of the world's bourbon is made here in Mm. Kentucky around Louisville. So like the Bardstown area. But yeah, I'm I'm snooty, but I would tell you all day long that Kentucky's got the best bourbon in the world. Absolutely. so an interesting thing, you know, we're coming into, um, uh, we've seen a ton of people moving into leafy suits. I don't know if you guys, or if you've ever hunted oh, with leafy suits. Yeah. So, ghillie suit. Yeah. So what's interesting about these from some of the old ghillie suits, I think a lot of people think of the bulky ghillie suits of, of days gone by, um, treason, North mountain gear. There's some really interesting ones out there that are super breathable. They're lightweight. Um, they go over your other camo. So if you have a, a early season gear that you like, these, these are just additions to that. So uh, we're seeing a ton of volume with them. Treason is also another one that when we put them into uh, the platform, they started popping. And I think like they sit in a really good spot in the market. Uh, they're not lowest end camo. They have good quality, good patterns, um, doing really well with the whitetail world. But it's been interesting to us to see like the volume of leafy suits this year has been higher than in the past. And I don't know if that's like people got into archery last year and and for the first time, and now they're, they're needing more gear to get out earlier because it's still a lot of foliage or or what, but um, that's been an interesting observation. And we're starting to see the spike of the late season camo. Now, like people are starting to get into, you know, they're realizing, Oh oh God, I don't have my base layers or I I need, I've I've gotten fatter through, through uh, the pandemic here. I need, (laughs) I need to size up whatever it is. I'm just making up scenarios, but definitely seeing a pickup of that. Um, I don't know how much time we have here. I can have a couple more things I can hit off here. Yeah. Just interesting things that are going You guys on. need to get Numa in there too. Oh, uh, what's that one? I don't know Numa. Uh, that's our new apparel sponsor. Okay, awesome. It's yeah, man. D- introduce N- us. U M A. Yeah, I'll 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 hook you up with Dude, uh, we, Cody though. So, and I Texas tell that company too. I love it. I tell that to our members too. If we don't have the gear you're looking for, tell us because we're rapidly growing. We're adding um honestly, we usually do a brand a week on average. We're we we're adding like nine brands over the next uh 10 days or something like that. So it's, oh, wow. it's, it's really picking up, but I love when people bring brands to us. I have just as an example, we're, we're going to be selling this back, uh, bass fishing pack soon. And we had a guy who's been on there. He's been posting to go wild about his jigs that he makes. And we looked at them and like, dude, these are really quality. So we're bringing him into our bundle. Just a guy that we found on go wild. He's from Kentucky. Funny enough, my home County of Harlan, Kentucky. And uh, we just connected with him and now we're buying from him. So, you know, it's a great place for, for brands to get awareness. We work with a lot of brands in that, that respect. Um, I wanted to call out the packs. Um, Badlands continues to be one of our most uh, popular brands. You know, they're up there with uh, the popularity of first light in terms of some of the more active wear, um, Bad, Badlands does really well on the camo side, but what we're seeing right now are just the packs popping off. I don't know yeah. if you've seen any of their, their latest lineup, but they have some really impressive, uh, bags. And then funny enough, I kind of joke, cause we have this like little $30 tag bag that we sell and it is, <laughs> it is one of the most popular products that go out like continuously. And it's a reward now. So people like, if you have enough points, you can unlock a, a free tag bag. Uh, but that little thing, I, 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 I've been shocked at how many people are like, no, dude, I use that to goose hunt or I use that to squirrel hunt or whatever it is. Um, I always call that out as like a funny thing that's in there. Like we have our own little cheap tack bag that, you know, we just threw out there as a, as a, to get, have as a freebie and people love it. So, um, last thing I'll call out are the tacticams tacticams. I think more people that, you know, last year, I think a lot of us picked up new hobbies. And if you're already a hunter, 
something that we've kind of seen is people expanding on that. And that could be buying, upgrading your gear. I think a lot of people are interesting and interested in self-filming. And a lot of this right. too has been this rise of YouTube and, and the hunting influencer, like the seek ones of the world. But uh, a lot of people are trying to figure out how to document their own hunt in, in that way. And Tacticam has a really cool product. We're seeing those things. I mean, th there's a lot of conversation around Tacticams and, and, and in general trail cameras, which I think is also probably seen a boom from last year because of people with a lot of, you know, you know, Americans that last year had more money at their disposal. Like they saved more money last year I than just, I've got like, 15 cell cams like right they here just keep showing up to go put out <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cams. Uh, that's funny how long has tacticam been around because i i'm not kidding i have a gen one like are they still the circular cylinder looking things like, yeah i funny i have one like eight feet have, that way but i, I won't I get up on my mic i sold my truck last year and i could not find that damn thing for the life of me and it was in the thing underneath the center console. And I was like, oh. And there, and there was, and this is how long this stuff had been there. There was a book of CDs in there too. <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, my, my daughter last night was asking me to play CD. I was like, sweetie, I don't even have a CD player. I, I don't, our cars don't even have CD players anymore. Uh, but the Tacticams, dude, um, I'll tell you one funny story. And I can't tell all of this, just part of it as a content teaser. There's, there's some content go out to be releasing here in the next few weeks where we have a, a, a gear video and, and we blew up some, some things. And we'll, if you subscribe to uh, us on YouTube or you are in the app, you'll see it when it launches. But I filmed one of these with a Tacticam. And I just want to call out that I put this thing about seven feet away from 20 pounds of Tannerite. And everyone was like, you're insane. That thing is not going to survive this blast. And it did blow it like 10 or 12 yards. But the thing not only survived, all the footage was there. It worked. It worked great. Um, they're very durable cameras. I know a lot of people are concerned about taking something like that up in a tree and dropping it, but I'm pretty sure it would survive a multiple oh, yeah. tree stand drops. That one's been through hell and back for sure. <laughs> then I lost the mount, so then I just started duct taping it to the end of the shotgun yep. barrel. Yeah, <laughs> that yep. was awesome. All right, so cool stuff from uh, from Taxicam. Uh, just another one of the great companies you guys are working with in the uh, online. The, you call it the gear store, or is it just the so, gear? What, what the is the official name? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the Go Wild Shop is kind of how we're referring to it now. We had a different name for it internally, but the, if you are on the platform, one of the updates you'll see coming up soon is an easier way to find it because we didn't start off as an e-commerce brand. So we didn't right. have this really easy way to shop, but soon you'll have, a, in literally iOS users will have it here in the next week or so. Um, you'll have a shop button at the bottom, but we're just trying to really not, I don't want to brand the store is differently than us because it's all goes together. You know, as you share on the platform and you're talking about a product, if you don't like it and you're tagging that product and, and letting people know, like we, we want to help that. We want to help people find the gear you need and also the gear you don't. And so, you know, I think our brand overall is kind of melding between social and commerce. The industry calls this social commerce, but I kind of hate that because Instagram coined it. Uh, or, or is known for it. And what we're doing is so different than just being able to buy a product. There's nothing inherently social about you buying something on Instagram because I can't see it. And what we're really focused on is, you know, people helping each other get better uh, and also getting past the five-star review. That's our next big challenge and what we're solving for. If, if I suck at fishing uh, or, or like goose hunting or duck hunting, you've done a ton of that. I've, I've done very little. My re five-star review should not be worth what your five-star review is. So we actually have a way that we're going to be introducing that really looks at your your trophy logs. And we know that Cable shoots the crap out of ducks every fall and winter. Not last fall. 
not last fall, but, but uh, every, coming every, soon this fall. Yes, that's right. Again, I will. <laughs> that's right. So, <laughs> I believe in you. But the, uh, our system would know that if you're using that duck call and you're logging, you know, however many dozens of trophies of ducks, this is the guy you want to listen to, not Brad, who's never logged a duck. Right. So, right. so those are the things we're looking at and trying to be a service to our community. Again, that goes back to the gear. We don't have to that's have interesting these and, and important too, because any Joe Schmo was like, hmm. Uh, I listened to the new, uh, whatever, Willie Nelson album. It's the first time I've ever listened to country music. I didn't like it. Here's his one star. You know, like, <laughs> right. what? Right, dude. Exactly. Yeah. The five star. And, you know, I mean, you look at Amazon. Um, it was in the news recently that Amazon's 30% of the reviews are fake. 30%, <laughs> dude. That's that's literally like one out of three reviews you're reading are bogus. So we're trying to build a system. Well, I need that, some that, of them to leave the fake review people to leave me five star reviews for the show. You, know, you like, could probably hire them. It's like, you know, you, you get online and you buy it like on eBay and they all of a sudden they start flooding. I don't know how this works. I've never yeah. done it, but we're trying to build a system where you can't do that. <laughs> I, um, so I host this other show called Justified Pursuit. And it's more like political, social uh, issues. And we have a lot of five star reviews. And the first four-star review we had was my buddy's dad, my co-host's dad, <laughs> left us a four-star. We're like, thanks, jerk, you know? Oh, man. Dude, we watched that stuff, too. Like, uh, one, one dude took us from five stars to one star when we, we removed the recipe functionality because mm. we had that for a while, but it was uploading a recipes on an app sucks any app name an any recipe app and it sucks it's very yeah. cumbersome so most people were just pasting the copy and we're like well this is stupid we'll just close this feature and you can just post the copy this dude was like i'm i'm leaving one i'm changing it to one star because they took the recipe functionality away for no good reason and until it comes back i'm leaving it here and i'm like sorry man <laughs> it's like i don't it's know what to tell you back. no it's not coming yeah. back you know that's yeah. that's one thing with a, what we do we do have to look at what the community overall is using. And sometimes we have to kill good, fun products. So, yeah. uh, oh, overall, I remember what I was going to say earlier when I lost uh, my train of thought, it, you were talking about blowing something up and filming oh, yeah. it with the Tacticam. So remember Tom Tom's the, like before yeah. everyone had maps on their phones. Yeah, I had one. That damn thing sent me the wrong direction. I guess the maps just weren't like, they're not as, they were only we had to update good. all the time. Yeah. Well, I probably never did that. But I got so fed up with that thing and then like realized, oh, now I have maps on my phone that I, I stuck that on my archery target and <laughs> shot it with a broadhead <laughs> yeah. and filmed it with the Tacticam and then put it on social media. I was like, see, ya. that's funny. For, this headache is no longer a part of my life. Bye, Tom Tom. Dude, uh, I, I still have my wife's Garmin Nuvi uh, from from literally when we were in college. Her dad got her one of those things when she goes off to college. And I was, uh, I was joking with, uh, one of my buddies at Garmin. He's like, Oh dude, well, you can still update those things. That's this one cool product about Garmin <laughs> being so big. He said, yeah. you can still install the old software on a lot of those old products. But wow. you know, today my, my, I think my, our, our van has the Garmin technology built into it. So, right. you know, right. Garmin's changed significantly since those days. I don't know what happened to Tom Tom though. Yeah, just didn't <laughs> keep up with the times. Yeah. I think um, so. well, so cool stuff. The, uh, the place to go is just download, go wild. Dot com. Dot com. Yep. Yeah. So y'all check it out. Get your uh, free money, ten bucks to the right. uh, to the shop there. Create an and, account. Uh, be a be a part of the community. I'll see you guys over there. Brad, always a pleasure, my friend. I hope you have a great rest of the fall, and hope you, hopefully you get out and enjoy the uh, Kentucky whitetail woods. Yeah. Thanks, man. Likewise, and thanks for having me on here and talk a little bit about what we're up to. All right, buddy. We'll do it again soon. So there you have it, the latest from Go Wild and Brad Luttrell, longtime friend of our show. Always great touching base with Brad. Unfortunately, man, just looking at the clock, uh, we've got to go, got to get out of here. That segment, though, 
Brought to you by Vortex Optics in their new fall lineup of Vortex Wear. Uh, actually, just got a brand new flannel shirt from Vortex. You wouldn't think an optics company would be knee-deep in apparel, but man, they have uh, taken the T-shirts, hoodies, and caps that we've all come to know and love and just run with it. They've got shorts. They've got leisure wear, khaki pants. I mean, you name it, the whole nine yards. You can find their entire lineup at uh, vortexoptics.com and save 20% with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out. That's 20% off all Vortex apparel with that promo code. Uh, thanks to Brad. Thanks to outdoor legend in his own right, Keith Warren, for jumping on today as well. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of episode 598 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Smoke